Hello and welcome back to the I2I podcast for episode number 11. Today we welcome I2I Women's Academy lead coach Chris Fairless back onto the show to discuss the Lionesses' historic Euros win, a memorable first season with I2I, as well as looking ahead to the new campaign. Hope you enjoy. Chris, thank you for joining us again on the uh, I2I podcast today. Uh, your second appearance on the show, actually. So there you go. Bit of an accolade for you. Like soccer, I'm dog at the match ball after. Yeah, I've, uh... yeah. One more time, you get a match ball. <laughs> uh, how's your like, so the, far? That'll be the, the first match ball that I've ever got in my life. I think. <laughs> well, actually, your your teammates have begged to differ. They get a lot of praise from them on, on Instagram. <laughs> oh, you can imagine what the group chat was like last night when I was uh, coming on here today. So keep keep it clean. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, how's your summer been so far, Chris? Good, yeah. Just, um, just it's just really quiet in the building without the girls. Um, Are you missing them? I, I, I nearly said yes straight away. There without <laughs> thinking about it. No, I am. It's. Uh, I was. I was. I was ready for a, a little bit of a break, but um, just purely because our season went on quite long. Um, we went into the last possible week that it could go to that it needed to be finished, um, just with postponements and stuff like that. So it was it was nice to have a bit of a breather, but yeah, definitely prefer it when there's there's stuff going on and it's a busy building and there's you know the lads are here as well. So yeah, very strange, but not too long to go now. Yeah, yeah. So we recorded our first episode together back in uh, last December, uh, just before Christmas. Um, again, so you haven't heard it already? Go check it out. Um, and this time around, Chris, we're recording just a couple of days after the Lionesses made history at Wembley, winning the Euros for the first time ever, beating Germany after extra time. Um, I guess first question is, how much did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was brilliant. Um, I sat watched it. It was, it was quite emotional afterwards watching it, just just purely because of. I think it's always when you've been involved in a little bit of it. Um, you know, I've been coaching in, starting girls football back in I think 2014. Um, within the sort of academies and stuff, and and when you sort of been involved in it for a, a, a short space of time or a long space of time, you know the sort of ups and downs and what it's what it's gone through to get to that point on Sunday. And I think it was, you know, I said when I said to you last week, it's not just about this tournament. It was that's a culmination of years and years of work and ups and downs and and suffering um, that sort of got released with. With one sort of kick of a ball, really, which is which is what sport is, isn't it? It's it's a strange concept when you think of it. I'm just I'm just happy because I think you know the, the whole sort of inspiring people to get involved in that. I, I really believe in that, but I was just desperate for them to do it by you know lifting a trophy and not just this sort of gallant uh, English slash British failure of getting to a final and or a semi final. I'm just glad that finally we've we've got a senior team that's got something over the line. Uh, looking at the game as a whole, then were you were you nervous watching it at all, or were you kind of fairly confident throughout? Obviously, it was penalties you know were looming in extra time. Yeah, I, I just I just felt throughout the full tournament. I, th- I don't know whether it's because you know the team selection was the same every game. I think I think for me the key one was the third game, the, the Northern Ireland game, where seen it in tournament football in the past, where teams sort of have that the first two games the win, and then that third game can become a bit of a of a dead rubber, but. I think the manager, she set a stall out, didn't she? And said, look, <clears throat> this is the team. Mm-hmm. And to keep that consistency was massive. Um, the only time I felt a bit nervous was there was a, 
a spell after Germany got the equaliser where yeah. they really started dominating. But I felt calm. The full it was weird. I just England for the full thing just looked streets ahead of, of everybody else that they played again. I mean, Norway were one of the top ranked teams in the world and they obviously dismantled them. Um it was just a strange everything sort of came together at the right time. It was a, a perfect storm of 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 people being fit, um, consistency with team selection, no suspensions or anything daft like that through the tournament. It was just perfect, really, wasn't it? You couldn't have you couldn't have written it. And it was pretty, it was pretty tight and cagey throughout, as many predicted it would be. Um, but I was quite surprised how physical it was. Yeah, I think, I think finals are finals, aren't they? And was it? I think Jose Mourinho once said, "Finals are to, are to win, not to play." And, and I think it's just a case of you do what you need to do to, to win a final, don't you? Um, but I think we all like to see a bit of needling games, don't we? Um, I think, I think probably the only thing was, you know, with that sort of the team selection being the same all the way through. You, they did look a bit leggy, um, particularly in an extra time. Obviously, I think Lauren Hemp, as an example, probably probably sort of suffered a little bit. And there was a couple of them who sort of looked a bit tired. But again, I think the manager said it a few times, that resilience and, and sort of grit and determination to get through it all was was massive, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. And how, how good was that first goal from England? Obviously, the ball from Kieran Walsh and then the finish in front of, front of 87,000 people to do the dink into oh. the top corner, pretty much melted. It was majestic, Brilliant. wasn't it? Brilliant. I, I just some of the some of the qualities that I actually sat and did a bit of stuff yesterday that that we'll um, probably share with the girls when they come back around the goals that England scored and and um, just the way that they attack the box in general. That, that, that some of the goals that they scored in and around the box where there's sort of five six bodies in there, and then the flip side of that was you know they've got the ball deep. Kira Walsh has you know they've made. 40, 50 yards of space to run into and, and played a passing behind and the finish was was unbelievable. And I just think that's the variation that they had in their game, the ability to play short and then to go behind quickly was was a real threat for teams and, and teams couldn't really come to terms with that. And the winning goal from Chloe Kelly, the best toe poke ever. <laughs> You're not bothered really, you just however it goes in. Um, and a really iconic celebration as well. I think mm. I, I wasn't aware of the... Uh, so USA. an American American woman who did that, but the comparisons are really good, and I think it was just a really sort of iconic, iconic sporting moment as well, wasn't it? It was, it was a, it was sort of when she scored it, and I think she thought she was offside or there was a foul or something, didn't mm-hmm. she? So that sort of added to it, and then you think, is there going to be a VAR check? But um, no, brilliant, really good moment, yeah. And not bad, uh, not bad substitutions from Serena Vigman to bring on Toon and uh, Chloe Kelly. I think she's done that all tournament, hasn't she? Um, that and, and just shows the depth of the squad. And I think when you think, you know, my, my thoughts, again, as I say, went to went to people who have played a part in that whole process that culminated in the final. And I, and I probably immediately thought of, you know, the likes of Steph Horton and Jordan Nobbs, who have played a massive, massive part over the last sort of eight to ten years being involved with that squad. And obviously weren't in the weren't in the team um, due to injuries and stuff like that. So. Just a huge, just a huge moment, and I think that you know must have been really difficult for for them once watching that at home. But they'll obviously feel pride and, and and you know passion for the for the part that they played in that as well. Yeah, just a word on the uh, the head coach Serena Vigman. She seems to have really transformed that team, hasn't she, from top to bottom, pretty much. You listen to to interviews that, that the players have done, and she's just calm. The looks, there just looks like there's total clarity and in, in detail in what what she wants them to do. They, they don't really change. 
structured formation, but there's a lot of freedom within it. It just, again, it just sort of fit perfectly. And I think, you know, the last two managers that England have had, obviously Phil Neville and, and Mark Sampson, have both fantastic coaches. Um, obviously, Phil Neville had a, a, an unbelievable playing career, um, and Mark Sampson was a was a really good upcoming coach. But I think the difference is that you you brought in Serena Weidman, who was a, a winner and had proved it in her coaching career on the international stage. And I think that in itself must have just given everybody a 20, 30% lift that, you know, we've got somebody who's who's been there and done that in this particular tournament. And I think the, the ideal thing now is that, you know, the World Cup's next year. Um, so it's, uh, you know, they've got momentum going into that tournament as well, definitely. And the scenes at full time on Sunday uh, and onwards were just incredible. And I mean, did you ever think you'd see celebrations like that for a women's game in this country? No, I think... I mean, in, in my lifetime, I've never seen an England senior team lift a trophy. So it was, it was surreal. You've all, you know, I'm a Newcastle fan as well, so I've never seen a Newcastle team. So every, every trophy presentation I've ever watched in my life, I've not had a, a vested interest in it at all, to be honest. Um, but this one, yeah, it was it was really strange, sort of seeing England players lifting the trophy. And I watched me and um, the coaches sat in the office yesterday and watched the. Uh, sort of scenes at Trafalgar Square as well, where they were on the stage and stuff. And I think similar to, you know, part of the reason why I really enjoy working in it is because the vibe and the energy that the groups give you. And I think you can see that the England squad have got that. And it's sort of similar, you know, reminded me similar little bits of what we've got here. You know, you've got all these mad personalities and people doing, people dancing and stuff like that and music on and, and plays a big part in everything that we do. So, yeah, really, really good to watch all of them scenes, definitely. And to have nearly 90,000 packed into Wembley too, I mean, it's just mental, isn't it, to think about it, really? Yeah, I think, you know, again, I mean, Alex Scott, as an example, I think she's she speaks brilliantly about everything. And again, she was another one, and, and Farrah Williams on the, on the side as well, who have sort of been through all the all the, the, the sort of struggles and the, the tough times to see it get to that point. Um, and they must have been, you know, really emotional as well. And... and you know, hearing stories about them playing games in front of two, three hundred people, you know, at the top level of, of female football in this country years ago was, you know, you think about where that's gone to now, um, you know, and the fact that the players were playing in the top league and had to have jobs alongside it. Um, there's so many people that have played a part in it that they probably won't get their name mentioned anywhere. Um, and obviously it's the playing squad and the, and the staff that have, have got it over the line, but there's you know, thousands and thousands of people that have literally thousands of people that have played, you know, a part in that. Um, you know, from the FA, all the, the work that they've done around the academy system that's that's being changed around again now, you know, the, the coach developers, the county coach developers, all of them people that have got a you know a real vested interest in the female game and are, and are genuinely passionate about it, they've all sort of contributed a part to, you know, having ninety thousand people at Wembley, which was which was incredible to see. Uh, there's been so much talk about this kind of being a game-changing moment in women's football in England, uh, similarly to 1999 when the USA won the World Cup. I think it was Brandy Chastain you mentioned earlier when she uh, took a shirt off like Chloe Kelly did. Uh, do you kind of agree with that standpoint? Yeah, like I say, I was I was really keen for them to to obviously get it over the line and, and you know inspire the generate the next generation by winning it. Um, I think Leah Williamson hit the nail on the head when she said that this is just the start. Um, what there absolutely cannot be a regression from this point. It has to be 
there can only be sort of forward steps made. And, and I read an article this morning by Emma Hayes and she was saying, she made some really good points about, um, she believes that the WSL should maybe be handed over from the FA and, and put into a third party organisation sort of similar to the Premier League, maybe get the Premier League involved in the running of it to really market it and, and sell it as a, as a product, as a standalone product. Um, so there's, there's loads and loads of different opportunities and avenues that this is going to open up. We just hope now, you know, Sunday Sunday is going to force them conversations. You can't ignore that anymore, can you? You can't ignore 90,000 people at Wembley watching a game. You can't ignore a senior tournament being won. Um, so it's going to force the hand of a lot of people to, to sort of sit up and take notice of it and, and get around the table and really discuss what the best way of, of moving it forward is. Yeah, you may have mentioned it already in, in previous answers, but for those that kind of aren't aware and aren't too involved in the women's game, just explain a little bit why this win, this sole win, could have such a dramatic impact on the whole female game in England. I think, I think, well, there's there's a number of things really. Obviously, I think Barclays have got involved over the last couple of seasons within the WSL. So generating income and sponsorship and revenue is then going to be lend itself to, to being able to attract better players. Um, and it's then going to mean the infrastructure of clubs can be better. The, 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 the sort of area that I think needs to really be looked at, obviously, that the top two leagues are, are in a good place and, and hopefully they'll get better. I think some of the, the teams in the championship are still semi-professional. Um, I think all of the teams in the in the top league are, are fully professional now. For me, the, the sort of a main area of focus would be the, the leagues below that. As an example, um, the, the, the teams that tend to do well are the ones that are, are firmly backed by the men's football clubs. Um, probably a, a, a real shining example of, of of how they've done it without that is Durham um, up in this area, which you know they, they've got a model that is is unique in terms of linking with the university and and, and getting players over that way. And they're, they're now at a point where they're fully professional in the second division, which is which is incredible. But just as a little sort of anecdote, we had at Middlesbrough we we played a team. I won't name the team, but we played them in. And there, I remember talking to their full-time general manager on the pitch before the game. So that was the first difference, that they had a full-time member of staff. And we were obviously voluntary staff members. None of the girls were getting paid. And he said that the, the men's side of the football club gave them £50,000 a year as, a, as sort of running costs and a budget. And then they were able to go and source their own sponsorship uh, with, a, with a cinema that sort of took their sort of yearly budget to over £100,000. And I'm stood there thinking, oh, we've got nothing. Our budget is nothing. Um, and that sort of level of disparity is, is huge. Um, so hopefully, you know, some of the wealth that, that this might bring and some of the sponsorship opportunities will start to cascade its way down. I think the English football pyramid in, in men's football is is probably one of the most, well, it is the, the best in the world. There's, there's not many other countries that have got as many professional leagues as what we've got. I'm not saying that the leagues below... WSL Championship should become professional, but there definitely needs to be more you know, opportunities for clubs, clubs to be able to pay players. Um, and then I think you'll start to be able to see clubs gain promotions. There's, there's, a, there's a, an issue and an argument around the fact that clubs in Tier 3, if they win that league, they don't automatically get promoted into the, the Championship, which I think is an issue. Um, that probably something that needs to be addressed. There's, there's a couple of you know bits of red tape around that that prevents clubs from doing that. Um, so there's that side of it, but then I think you know just just the sort of you know 
it is still the fastest growing sport in the world. Um, I, 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 I'm pretty adamant, and in, in my mind, might be playing tricks on me, which you know it might be. But there's a there's a kids camp going on here through another company that we share this building with, and I'm 100% positive that there wasn't many girls in last week, and yesterday it felt like there was just like young girls all over the place um, attended, and and I'd like I, I might speak to them and ask them about their numbers, but that's the instant impact. Um, the challenge now is to make sure that it doesn't just have a dip. And I suppose, like I said before, the beauty is that we've got the World Cup. So hopefully we can keep that sort of iron hot, so to speak, um, and really keep the the sort of momentum going um, and sort of strike while everything's fresh in, in minds and, and get people involved whilst it's, you know, pretty pretty fresh. Uh, as for how it could link with eye to eye then, are you kind of hoping that the exposure that this tournament has gained over the past four weeks will see more and more girls take up football and kind of carry it on to their university years and actually pursuing it as a goal? Yeah, I think for our, from our perspective in terms of, um, you know, eye to eye, obviously I, where our students come from is is that we can offer the opportunity to come over here and to settle into a, a life in England and then play for a Sunday team, which is obviously when women's football is, play for a team at a weekend alongside their studies and their football here. And we've had um, two girls that have gone to Durham Sestry, which is a feeder team to Durham. Uh, we've had a girl that go to South Shields that are a really ambitious local club. Their men's team are professional. Um, and I know they've got ambitious plans for, for the ladies section. We've got uh, four girls that have just signed for Sunderland under-23s. Which I think, um, which is a brand new team that again is going to be a feeder for Sunderland. So the opportunities are really there, um, and obviously they're doing that alongside the eye to eye. So their advantage is to stay alongside eye to eye, to train every single day, and then obviously play for their weekend teams. And they're getting good coaching here through the week, playing in a decent league, and then they can top that up with their weekend stuff. So I think it's just about the opportunity. Um, obviously, we've got in the immediate local area, Sunderland, Newcastle, and Durham. Uh, Newcastle are going to have real big plans. Sunderland are obviously in the, in the second division, as are Durham. So I think hopefully girls will see it as a, as a part of the country that they can come over, get their, their education, play football for eye to eye, and then the exit routes in terms of getting into semi-professional or professional footballer, they're definitely there for them. Uh, just going back, you mentioned it earlier, but the uh, obviously we've got the Women's World Cup just around the corner. Uh, and England will... Uh, Shall I be tipped to go far this time? I think so, yeah. The, like I say, momentum's massive. Um, and the fact that it's a short turnaround, it's similar to, obviously COVID knocked everything back, doesn't it? So it's similar to, um, similar to the men's stuff where we had the Euros and now we've got the World Cup this year. Um, yeah, I definitely think they'll be, they'll be one of the favourites to win it. I wouldn't mind us a uh, little final against the USA. That was my next question. That, that was my next yeah. question. I said it'd be very interesting yeah. if it got to a yeah. final of England-USA, wouldn't it? <laughs> We've already got that. Uh, obviously, England are playing America in the group stages, aren't they, in the World Cup mm-hmm. at Christmas time. So, um, yeah, we've already making plans on how we're going to spend that day um, and how we're going to how we're going to go to to celebrate and stuff and, and uh, obviously rub it in faces when England come out on top. But yeah, don't, really don't speak good. too soon, Chris. Don't no, speak too I'm soon. pretty confident on that one. That'll be really good. I think that would be the real test. Um, America obviously being a, a sort of lead haven't they in, in female football so I think it you know it'd be interesting to see how this England squads would fare against them now um, so hopefully that happens maybe in like a quarter final 
so that we don't have to suffer the pain in the final. <laughs> just just how far ahead do you think the USA are then with England? I'm not to be honest, I've not watched too much of them recently, but I think from the from the sort of stuff that the girls say, and I and I, I do trust the girls, um, they sort of say that it would be it would be an even game, it would be a pretty good contest. I think that's you know, everyone's sort of saying about Chloe Kelly that that's our sort of 99 moment, isn't it? So that's you know, 15, 20 years behind, isn't it? Really? So we've got we've got time to to catch up on, but the progress that they've made, that the FA have made, and that the England team have made in a short space of time is quite remarkable. Um, and, and you'll be surprised at what this tournament win can do now in terms of taking it forward and, and probably speeding up that process a lot quicker. Uh, moving back to eye to eye, then um, looking back on last season briefly, um, what an incredible first season going so close in the league and the cup. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was incredible, and, and I do think that it was. Um, just, just with the, the fact that the squad was quite thin, um, you know, first season and getting people in, into it and getting people used to it and stuff, it's just frustrating, obviously, that we were one point away. Um, and you sort of look back at the games that, we've, that we lost. The first one against Parkview, where it was a morning kickoff on the grass pitch, didn't help us. Um, and then we got beat by Sunderland again, grass pitch. I think it was November time. I don't think we were ready for that. We missed a few players that day. For me, the one where I think there's that point is when we played Durham away and we got beat 6-5. Six, 6-5, five. Six, five, yeah. That was just, um, that was gone. But to be fair to the girls, I remember saying in, in the dressing room after that game, I thought that was us done. I thought that was it. We, there was no way we were going to go anywhere near winning it. And, and the run that we went on after that was was pretty special. Um, I remember watching that game back with the girls and, and we actually went 5-5. Five, five, um and then I think we gave the ball away and they went and got a penalty. And it was literally last minute. And you're thinking, if we'd have just managed that situation properly, seeing the game out, there's your there's your extra point. Um, you know, because of our superior goal difference, then that that was that would have been it won. Um and the cup, yeah, it was disappointing. I think obviously you want to win the, the main cup that we got knocked out of in the first round. <clears throat> but I think it's you know that there's real sort of progress from start to finish and I think next season is going to be quite exciting yeah and just touch on the league again then do you kind of look back and kick yourself that it was only one point and kind of what I could have done differently or do you kind of just think what, what will be what will be and it's meant to happen yeah I think so I think you know the girls were really disappointed after the, the part view game where we drew 2-2 the second last game and everyone was sort of almost as if that was the one that had cost us but it wasn't that it was it was the three losses before that that cost us um, and I think when you come so close to a point away, obviously, yeah, there is an element of that. Um, and I think it's it's not even just a case now we're thinking, oh, we'll be able to make that up next season because there's I think there's four new teams coming into the league. Mm-hmm. So we're going into the unknown again, which I think might be a good thing because it keeps everybody on our toes and we don't know how other teams have recruited and, and what kind of players they've brought into their programmes. Um, so now I'm quite excited and I think... Look, a point to point, isn't it? It's one of them things. But, you know, the, 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 the sort of thing that I take out of it was the relationships that we built, the fact that some of the girls have gone on to, to play senior football on Sundays and make their senior debuts, um, all them other little things. But definitely I want to, you know, I want to be winning winning leagues and cups and stuff. So that's that's certainly got to be the ambition next season, yeah. 
Uh, obviously, no one was really sure how last season, in our first ever season, was going to go, really. Obviously, a new league, a new squad, new players, new country for them. But you must be delighted with their tremendous efforts over the campaign. Yeah, and I think it was, you know, the, the, the beauty now is that the returners have got to help the first years. And we have to try and speed up that process of, you know, probably took us till the turn of the year to really get settled as a group. Um, just with the girls getting used to living with each other and, and and getting used to life in England and stuff. So they have a, a real responsibility now to help the first years that are coming over and, and make that transition smooth for them. So that's that's a positive. Um, but yeah, I mean, when I look back at some of the, the little videos and the little clips that we've got from the season, you know, it's I don't actually remember, looking back, I don't actually reflect on individual games that were my favourite moments. It's more sort of bus journeys or moments that we've had at training you know the, the trip to Chelsea away that the bus journey there and back was brilliant um, and the hotel stay was was a really good laugh and the Sunderland game when we beat Sunderland at the back end of the season the bus journey back I thought <laughs> I thought the bus was going to break I thought the suspension was going to go because <laughs> they were just dancing at the back and the music was on it was brilliant um, so they're the sort of moments that you look back on and, and sometimes actually remember them more than more than winning a league and, and stuff um, so yeah, but hopefully, you know, like I say, similar to the England one, I'd like to, I'd like to add a, a league or a cup to it so that we can look back on them kind of memories as well. Uh, I guess the only problem now is that the bar is already set very high. It is. It is to be fair, I've, I've been really impressed. So I've looked at um, the majority of the new the, the new girls that are coming in, and I've managed to to watch a lot of clips and stuff and. And I'm really excited about the potential of the group that are coming in. And I think it should make the squad a bit more balanced. Um, some of the issues that we had last season around it being a small squad that people probably played through niggles and knocks when they shouldn't have. Um, in a nice way, people probably needed to be left out a couple of times. Um, you know, maybe they were having a couple of bad games and just needed to be you know, taken out of the, the firing line, so to speak, for a few games. But we couldn't do that. Um, so now we've got a really competitive squad and there's going to be real competition for places, um, which I think, you know, will will raise the intensity of training, will raise the intensity of the behaviours in and around the building. Um, so there's, there's loads to look forward to in that sense. And I think it essentially is, I'm not sure what the split is, maybe sort of 60, 40, 40% of a new squad coming in. So the bar was raised high, but it's almost as if we have to put that that to bed that that last season because it's going to be a, a totally different squad, pretty much. Um, so now I'm 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 really sort of excited to see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, you kind of touched on it there, but not long to go until we begin our second ever year with our with our female program. How, just how excited are you to get back into it again? Again, I think I know your answer. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. Um, the break, like I say, it came at the right time, but I suppose when you're when you're sort of coaching and stuff, that that's what you want to do. You want to be out on the grass, and it has given me a bit of time to watch games back and and put some thoughts together about how we're going to play and how we're going to train next season and and some principles and stuff like that. But yeah, ultimately, all of us in the office, you know, for the lads' teams as well, just want to be out on the on the grass. Um, obviously, we're getting a new three G built, so we we sort of every day looking at the progress of that and just think that's going to be you know really good to to use when we're out there. Um, so yeah, just I mean, I think is it four, four, five weeks, September the fifth, they're due back in. So not that I'm counting down. Nothing that you're counting, yeah. <laughs> um, 
We'll obviously be welcoming a number of new girls into the squad in September, as you mentioned. How much excitement does that give you, kind of welcoming plenty of new faces into the group? Yeah, it's nice. I think, um, you know, you, you just get to know new people. The, the girls will obviously come over and they'll, they'll, they'll fit into the group really well. Um, I've managed to speak to all of the new girls, send them the messages and, and had a, a video call with a couple as well. Um, and they all seem really excited. Obviously, we had Jade and uh, Jaden came over on the Taser trip and she, her and Hannah, Hannah um, stayed over and, and she attended the Taser trip. So they got on really well and, and uh, Jaden slotted nicely into the into the role of taking the mick out of me, which was seems to be... Uh, That's Hannah's seems fault. To be, yeah, exactly. Seems to be the sort of part, part of the course, really. Um, but yeah, I just think it's, it just brings a freshness. I think that's, you know, football is one of them things where people sometimes can be obsessed, you know, when you watch your, your team that you support, sometimes can be obsessed with with bringing new players in every season and stuff, whereas sometimes a group just needs to be le- left alone to grow. I think we definitely just needed new faces in. Um, and that's not any sort of criticism against the girls that we've got. It just needs, you know, new faces, new ideas, new personalities, Um and we definitely needed more cover in certain areas of the pitch, which we which we're getting. So um, yeah, I think I think we'll bond and they'll get on really well with each other. Uh, obviously, it was no secret last year that you were kind of hindered by a lot of injuries and other unforeseen circumstances on game days. So to have plenty of options now as a coach must be pleasing for you. Yeah, and I think you know there's loads of different things from that. There's you know there was actually games where we won last season, and I was probably more angry than the games that we'd lost um, and, and just the ability to to sort of rotate the team and to try different things I think is massive and, and from a trainer perspective it, it obviously gives you more numbers but it just keeps people on their toes um, I think there was probably again nothing that we could have done but there was people last season that thought I'm going to be playing every Wednesday um, because I know there's nobody else in my position so they're not going to have that this season and, and I do want to make this like a club environment and I know this is obviously people come over here and they, they obviously choose to be here but I want to try and make it as close to a club environment as possible because ultimately that's what they want to get into so that sort of competition for places is massive and and um, you know I think that will just raise the levels of everything across the board and, and I'm looking forward to that and I think the girls that were here last season are looking forward to that as well I think they definitely needed that. And, um, you know, from sort of speaking with them all individually at the end of the season, that was certainly some of the feedback that I got. Uh, do you set yourself any kind of targets or goals as a coach? Um, probably more. I mean, you can all say that we want to win leagues and stuff like that. It's, you know, they're, they're sort of throwaway comments, really. I think it's more just around setting myself some targets in terms of how we're going to work, how training's going to look. Um, being a bit more organised with it um, when our S&C slots are going to be and, and just making sure that we've got you know, a really good routine um, and that girls have a bit of structure and know exactly what they're doing. I think we got close to that last season, but again, just because it was you know, the first time that there was four teams on this site, there was obviously times when things changed last minute and stuff. And now that we've got the second pitch being built, that's going to help massively. Um, but I think for me, it's just a case of continuing on what we did last season which I think was a lot of good things like you say we were one point away but that would suggest that you know we had a a really strong season but I actually think there was a lot of things that we can be better at and there are obviously things that I've reflected on and gone away and thought about Um, 
so yeah, there's there's a few different things, but I just think being being clear. You know, we go back to the England one. I'm very clear on how I want us to play, how I want us to attack, how I want us to defend. Um, very clear on the spaces that we need to get into when we've got the ball, how I want us to be when we haven't got the ball. And that, again, is all linked and all geared towards the girls going and playing senior Sunday football um, because I don't want to do something that's totally different to what they're going to get if they go and do that. I want this to sort of be an extension of that. Um, so that's the challenge, really, yeah. Uh, just give us some insight as to what preparation you do in the summer. I know you've had a, a lot of time to, to work through this kind of stuff. Is it a case of planning sessions and just kind of keeping in contact with your players that are overseas? Yeah, so um had a couple of games to watch back from last season. So I sit and watch the games and, and clip them and any sort of relevant things to, to pass on to the girls, I'll pass them on. Um, pulling together, probably it was an end-of-season activity, really pulling together a real clear idea of how we're going to play. I had something when I came in, but that's obviously changed as we've gone along. So I've managed to sort of touch that up and that's sort of ready to go. Um, planning the training weeks, what that's going to look like, what each session is going to look like. We're probably going to move into a model of delivery where we'll have a, a themed session every week. So if it's in possession or out of possession, there'll be a theme attached to that and there'll be six themes. And one of the sessions a week will just be dedicated to that theme, which obviously relates to how we play. Um, I've done some analysis on our goals scored and goals conceded, which I think was was quite interesting. Obviously, I've been keeping a, a bit of a record of that all season, where we get our assists from and where we where we score goals from. And obviously, like I say, I spent a bit of time yesterday and, and did the same exercise with the England goals, and it was nice to see some similarities, um, which which you know, I'll show to the girls. Um, and yeah, obviously, had a had a couple of meetings with with the new starters being communicating with some of them over text messages, emails. Um, we still had some of the, the girls from, from last season here up until maybe June. I think there's still some over here actually, um, but we don't have access to the facility at the minute. So there were some sessions in there, some small group sessions. So it's been, it's been quite full. Obviously now this is probably the quietest time. Um, but yeah, just making sure that we're ready to go again in September. And I'm sure all of our girls that are listening are, are very intrigued to find out if you've got much running planned for pre-season. Well, it is a tough. It is a tough one. The, the emphasis really. I'm going to flip it back around on them. The emphasis, they've all been sent programs. I'm going to look right down the camera and make sure you're doing your program um, because we our our season starts pretty quickly um, when the girls come over. So it's really important that they're doing that now. Really important girls. Um, <laughs> So they've been sent it, so there's no excuse. Uh, and like I say, the squad's big enough now that the ones that don't come back in uh, in an acceptable physical condition will uh, find themselves sat next to me for the first couple of games. Um, <laughs> but no, I think that's really important. I think that the league's due to start the second week. The girls are here. So, yeah, they need to come back ready to go. We're not going to have a lot of time. We've, we've got a friendly organised for the 7th of September. Um against the university team. So that'll be the third day that they're here, uh, training-wise. training, training wise. So that'll be a good exercise for us. Um, so, yeah, they, they need to really be be keeping themselves ticking over. And that should mean that when they get here, we can just jump straight into the football stuff straight away, really. Uh, obviously, we couldn't get you on and not ask you a couple of questions from Instagram. Uh, you have to bear with, bear with us with a few of these. You can imagine. You can imagine. <laughs> Um, some easier ones first, I think, anyway. Um, what was your favourite game last season and why? Uh, 
probably the Parkview one, the two-two, just just purely because tense game. Yeah, it was. Sometimes the games can be one-sided, and that's no disrespect to teams we're playing against. But a lot of the programs that we play against, they only train once or twice a week. And in, in some of the areas that we go to, you know, Liverpool as an example, it's quite competitive um, to get players into their programs. So to have a really intense game like the Parkview one, where there was something on it, felt like a proper proper game of football. Um, it was end to end. I just kept thinking back to the game when they stuffed us six one on the grass out there, and how far we'd come, and the little bits of character that we showed and stuff. Um, yeah, probably I'd probably say the Parkview one. Yeah. Uh, I feel like you've mentioned this one already, but what was your favourite me- memory from last season? Yeah, probably the Chelsea trip. Um, the, the, probably the, the disappointment was that we had to, to separate into two buses. Mm-hmm. Um, but all I know is that the bus that I was on had a really good laugh. <laughs> that you singing? Yeah, well, a, little that, yeah, a little <laughs> bit of that. And then, uh, yeah, just the hotel and everything was was a good laugh. And um, it made it even more obviously special that we won the game as well. So, But like I say, the, the Sunderland game, when we won against Sunderland on the, on the bus on the way back, that was on the same day as the, the awards night. So that was really, really cool. Came back here and then we went out. We had the awards night that night as well. So that was a good day. Uh, what are you looking forward to for this upcoming season? Just having, just getting the girls back, having new players, um, seeing how they fit into the way that I want to play. If I need to adapt to anything to, to sort of get the best out of them. But yeah, I think just that, I do like that freshness of a pre-season, of a new season feel. You know, I've just started um, the team that I play for. We just started again. And it, when you kick off first game of the season, you always get that freshness about it. And I do like that. And then the challenge is to really build momentum early on so that you can keep that going into the, the sort of cold November, December months. Um, so, yeah, then first couple of weeks, probably, probably what I'm looking forward to most, yeah. Uh, there's a question that says, are you excited to see me again? Okay, I, don't, I don't need to ask that. <laughs> um, who is depends your... who it, that depends who it's off. Uh, it was from Tveen, actually, that one. No, then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Uh, who is your favourite member of the Lionesses, if you've got one? Ooh. Probably say there's a couple. I, I really like Lauren Hemp. Really like Lauren Hemp. Lucy Bronze, obviously, just for the fact that she's local. But I thought, I just, especially some of the stuff that she said afterwards and, and the way that she led the group, I just think Leah Williamson was was a different class, wasn't she? And I thought she played really well throughout the tournament as well. A uh, bit of a different question here. I think it was from one of your uh, fellow teammates, actually. Uh, do you feel becoming a UEFA A licensed coach has benefited your own game? <laughs> Is that a joke question? I don't know. No, no. Well, I don't know, really. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I got, I got three man of the matches last season, but that when I that was when I wasn't an air license coach. Not, not, so, to, men- not to mention it. Yeah, not to mention them. Um, I, I definitely think <clears throat> so, so. Me playing, so I, I sort of played and then stopped when I was twenty three, and really started coaching properly on in Saturday football, and then only recently just gone back. So when I was thirty. Um, and I played on a Sunday morning, which obviously was sometimes it can be a bit of a breeze, and then you get the odd striker who would test you and stuff. But I definitely believe that the coaching's helped me um, purely for the fact that I was never very quick. So my ability to maybe understand the game and read the game has has come on a lot more just for sort of understanding the game on a coaching level and 
and then being able to see things and stuff. But yeah, to be fair, like I say, I've gone back and, and played um, since I think October, November, and I've and I've loved it. And I wish I wish I'd have played more. And it's something that I say to the girls is, you know, just play as long as you can. Um, people always used to say that to me, and I used to be like, nah, fine, you know, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. But yeah, definitely feel like I'm sort of catching up on lost time at the minute. And how did you feel when the girls uh, went down to watch you that, that night? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just firstly, I was grateful that I was in the team because that would have been very <laughs> embarrassing if they travelled 30 odd minutes and I wasn't even in the team. Um, and we won that game, actually. It was a, I think we got a last minute winner, so it was decent. And I did all right. I played okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, the girls are mad like that. They, to be fair, they've, like I said, it is the best job in the world. There's, there's not, you know, you can work in academies and stuff like that. And, and I, I obviously understand the, the sort of lure of working in an academy and stuff. And I'm fortunate to work part-time at Middlesbrough uh, with the boys. But, you know, this is different in the sense that there is obviously pressure attached to this job, but it's it's just a lot more relaxed. Um, obviously, we've got coaches in here who have left academies to, to come to this, to this company and work here. And I think that probably says it all about you know how much we enjoy just being out on the grass with the with the guys with the guys and the girls. So um, yeah, definitely just uh, you know seeing them come down and, and do stuff like that. Even just the trips that we go on, the, you know, we've gone to the beach a couple of times, um, gone shopping, I took them shopping, found myself holding clothes for the girls <laughs> in Nike whilst they were walking around, and I'm just thinking, what am I doing? Uh, Get that nah. on the CV. Honestly, yeah, professional bag holder. <laughs> um, now, I'm saying nothing about this last question. <laughs> um, so you're stranded on an island with someone from the team. Who are you choosing? Ole. Any reason Ola. why? Get us out of any situation. Um, yeah, I think she would, she would motivate me to get out as well. You don't want to get on the wrong side of Ole. Um there's lots of questions about One Direction 2, but again, I think we'll leave those ones. Sorry, Hannah, for that. <laughs> Standard Hannah yeah. Collins. Hannah. Too many questions, Boring. apparently. Boring. It, she's got this... Obviously, she's obsessed with One Direction, and I'm not. Um, and there, there needs to be something... Hopefully, the, the new girls... I mean, to be fair, I was disappointed because I think Jaden came over to the sister trip and she liked One Direction as well, which was really disappointing. Um, so I'm just hopeful that some of the new girls coming over have got a really good taste in music, similar <laughs> to myself, which I don't think is going to happen. <laughs> no, I think, we'll, uh, <laughs> I think we'll leave it at that for, for today, Chris. <laughs> good note to end on. Um, you'll have to get a fine system in place for any One Direction playing, I think. We do. Yeah, that's certainly something um, the girls will have to sit and go over. But again, that's all part of you know, the girls that were here last season helping the, helping the new girls come over and, and they'll all be a part of that and, and um, decide how the group manages themselves and stuff. So, yeah, that's all sort of things. Chris, thank you for joining us on the uh, I2I podcast today. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, brilliant. No worries. Anytime. Good luck for the upcoming season. And uh, yeah, we'll see you soon. If you would like more information on the i 2 International Soccer Academy, please check out our website, www.i2isoccerecademy.com. And also our Instagram page, we are at i 2 Academy.